We're officially into the round of 12. So what's coming up in the next three races? We'll talk about that and we'll talk about who I think is the playoff sleeper contender. I'll also give you my expectations for this weekend's race, all on today's episode of The Stage Break. Thank you for joining the show today. Episode 26 is officially underway. Be sure to like the show, subscribe on the podcast platforms, whatever you use, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, be sure to share it. Let other people know that the podcast is out there. And if the platform that you use allows reviews, I would much appreciate a review and just uh, helping the show become more noticed and um, promoted on whether advertising or whatever, um, it would be a big help uh, to the show overall. Again, I'm so glad that you're here, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. Before we get into the main subject of today's episode, which is talking about who that sleeper driver is, I want to take a moment and just look ahead to what's coming in this round of 12. So we're officially here into the round of 12. We've got three races in this round. First of all is this weekend's race at Texas Motor Speedway. Mile and a half track. Turns one and two are 20 degrees of bank, and then turns three and four have 24 degrees of bank. So for uh, you know the first two turns, not as steep as the second two. And the coming out of turn two, it flattens out really quick. And so these drivers really have to be ready to catch that car uh, because the, the grip in the rear tires is not going to be there as much as it is in other tracks. And the forecast shows it's going to be hot. So these drivers are going to be looking for grip anywhere that they can find it. So we'll talk more about this weekend's race here in a little bit. But then we move on to Talladega. And according to the polls that I took on Instagram, this is the most anticipated race of the round. A 2.66 mile super speedway, intense pack racing for 500 miles. We all know what this one is about and we're excited for it. It's going to make for a good race. I love how the start finish line is you know, after the trioval, so much can happen in the trioval. Just gives these drivers more time to make a move uh, coming out of turn four and coming to the line. So, always a good race at Talladega, and I expect no less when we get there here in a couple weeks. And then the round wraps up with sh the Charlotte Roval, 2.28 mile track, 17 turns. And if you didn't hear, stage cautions will be coming back for this race. So, all the other road courses this season. There were no stage cautions. There were stage, uh, well, there were stages, uh, and points were awarded to the top ten uh, positions at the stage end. However, there was no full course caution like we had seen in previous seasons. Well, for this time, whenever we get to the cutoff race that leads into the round of eight, there will be stage cautions. And something I read, which is really interesting, there are going to be restart zones, or uh, <laughs> obviously there's going to be a restart zone. The restart zone is going to be. Uh, is going to include the chicane there. So if you remember, I think last time we were there at the Roval, they bypassed the chicane whenever there was a restart, um, and it just kind of went through that runoff area, which was you know the, the main part of the track. Uh, but this time, they're going to go through the chicane. So I'm wondering why they're doing that. I think it might be to uh, keep so many cars from piling up in turn one, potentially, but that's a conversation for another show. So these are the, those are the three races we have coming up. Texas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. I love that the cutoff race is a road course. I think that's going to make for um, a lot of action and uh, a 
lot of uh, aggressive driving, trying to get every last little bit of speed out of these cars every corner. So I think it's going to be a good round. It's going to be challenging because, you know, Texas, it's going to be hot. Talladega is a super speedway. You never know what's going to happen there. And then you've got the road course. So um, a very diverse round for sure. And I think we're going to get some good racing each and every week. Absolutely 100%. So let's dive right in and talk about the, the main topic for today's episode, the sleeper of round 12. Basically, who's the driver that is currently flying under the radar, that's not being watched very closely, but has the potential to come in and upset the playoff picture as we know it? Uh, I've, I've got it narrowed down to a single driver, and it, I had to do some thinking and analyzing to come to a conclusion on who this is, in my opinion, and we'll get there. But before we talk about who this is, we, first of all, I want to give you my prediction for the final four, who, who what logic says should be the final four drivers, just looking at the statistics as well as uh, how drivers competed in these tracks earlier in the season. These are the four drivers that should make the final four. If just drawn it up on paper, looking at you know what makes logical sense, these four guys should get there. Kyle Larson should be in the final four, Willie B, Denny Hamlin, and MTJ. Those four guys should make it to the final four. Now, let's go over who's, you know, because, the, well, let me, let me talk about those guys a little bit more. They're just, they're the front runners. They're in the spotlight. They're the heavy hitters. They're the guys with experience, former champions. I mean, MTJ, Kyle Larson, both NASCAR champions. Uh, Denny Hamlin, really, really close to it. William Byron hasn't ever, I think if I remember right, hasn't ever gotten out of the round of 16, or maybe it's the round of 12, but he hasn't gotten close, but he's shown promise, and he's won a ton of races this season and other, and other seasons. So, I mean, he's obviously a strong contender. These guys are the ones that you would think would get there just based off of performance. So if we're going to go off of performance, let's talk about who is not the sleeper, because you've got people that uh, definitely, based off of how they've been running this season, you know for sure that they're not the one that you would expect to come up and, and turn the playoff picture upside down. First of all, you've got Bubba Wallace, who I don't think is uh, is in contention for the sleeper. He's 14 points below the cut line uh, and, and done, some, done well here and there throughout the season, but I just think that they're not where they need to be to make a playoff run at this point. They did get into the round of 12, which I anticipated. Um, you know, last week's show that kind of called that a little bit. You know, I was half right, half wrong in my prediction. But the, the half right is that Bubba Wallace and Martin Truex Jr. would make it to the round of 12, and they both did. Uh, but I just don't think Bubba Wallace is going to get out of this round. He's at the bottom of the, the, of the 12 drivers still in it, and he's got a ways to go. And, you know, he's, he's done well at Talladega. He's won at Talladega before. Uh, you know, can run at plate tracks. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously always a chance. Just looking at the numbers, looking at the performance up to this point, I don't think he's going to get there. And then there's Ryan Blaney, who's six points below the cut line. Kind of the same situation. He, he won the Coke 600. Everything went well. They performed really well there. But that's really been maybe one of the few times that he's been in the spotlight this season. And he's kind of not been a factor most weeks. So I don't think he's the one that I would pick to say, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to make a surprise playoff run. You also have Ross Chastain, who made it to the Final Four, and lost the race by less than a football field. 
lost the championship in Phoenix last year. So he, he's performed well in the past, but same deal. This season, performance doesn't show that he's one that I would expect to come up and make a big playoff run. And here's one that may be a little controversial and maybe you wouldn't agree with me with. And the first, the fourth person that I have that is not the sleeper is Kyle Busch. Now, he's eight points to the good right now. He's eight points above the cutoff line. And in a situation where if he just maintains, he can get to the Final Four, um, or no, no, the round of eight. I'm sorry, not the Final Four, the round of eight, and then maybe you know advance from there. But uh, I just don't think he's the guy. I mean, he's he knows what he's doing. Also, former champion. So he, he's got the statistics. He's got the numbers. He's He's got the experience as far as in the past, but this season, I, I just haven't seen it, right? I don't think I don't think we've seen the kind of stuff that we would like to see out of Kyle Busch if we were going to see him as a major playoff contender. Obviously, he's got three wins this season, but I just don't think he's the guy that's going to come in and fly under the radar just based off of recent performance. There's been a couple times where I've said, oh, yeah, you got to watch Kyle Busch last week even. I said, you need to watch Kyle Busch at Bristol, eight-time winner. You know, the, the, the winningest driver, active driver right now that's uh, uh, at Bristol. And where was he? I mean, middle of the pack at best, I think. Uh, not so good. So uh, Kyle Busch is one that I would love to put on you know the Final Four list or have as a sleeper because of his experience. But I just don't think their team is bringing him the kind of car that he needs right now in order to uh, contend. Um, and, and if it's that, if it's not the... The, the car that they're bringing with speed, I think it might be the, the execution in the middle of the race. And when you have the variety of races that we have coming up, I think that you know, this is too much, right? I mean, you've got the mile and a half, the intermediate, you've got the super speedway, and you've got the road course. Um, and they just haven't been great at road courses. You know, he uh, won a super speedway, right? I think it was, was it Talladega this season that he's he was the winner, if I remember? So, um, you know, coming back to a track in this round that, that he's won at before in this eight car. Um, but I don't know. I just don't see him as a contender for the, uh, the sleeper position uh, just because of their performance. So then that brings us to who it could be. So the ones that are left in the playoff pictures, Brad Keselowski, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Chris Buescher. So Brad Keselowski right now, three points below the cut line. Tyler Reddick, three points above the cut line. Christopher Bell, five points above, and Chris Buescher, 10 points above the cut line. So these guys are, these are the ones that could, you could argue, that would be in this picture for, uh, for the, the sleeper. You, you know, Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher with RFK Racing, they've made great strides this season. They've, they've come out and overperformed, I think, above what most people would have expected Chris Buescher with the wins that he got, you know, the, the two wins back-to-back, -back and then another win. Brad Keselowski right there, really close. You know, what what was it? Um, Daytona got the 1-2 the finish. So uh, they're right there. They're, they're really close. You know, Brad and Chris Buescher, um, you know, but, but specifically talking about Brad right now, they've, they've made a lot of strides. And so he could be one potentially that – if, you know, if they start hitting, you know, these races coming out with fast cars and executing, they could come in and potentially sweep the field and, and make their way in kind of under the radar. Christopher Bell, kind of the same thing. Like, you haven't seen a lot of uh, 
uh, him in the spotlight a ton. You, you see him in the spotlight when qualifying, right? I mean, he's got the pole a number of times this season. But then when it comes to the race, they just fail to execute. So uh, he's, he's someone that, you know, I feel like has the speed. I feel like their team gives them the equipment, gives them the opportunity. Sometimes they falter because of the team, whether a pit stop or, or something like that, or, um, you know, sometimes a you know, driver error. But all in all, if they just nailed everything, uh, they would be fine. And look at his teammates. They're two, two of his teammates, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., they're the guys that I see as a Final Four. So, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs Racing, if they, they bring solid equipment, each and every week, you would expect that Kyle but- or uh, Christopher Bell would be someone that uh, potentially, based off of their performance earlier in the season, doesn't look like someone you would see right now as a Final Four contender. But they could nail it at you know the next three races, next four, five, six races, and have their way locked into the Final Four. You just never know. And then Chris Buescher, obviously we talked about him with Brad Keselowski, in a good point situation right now, 10 points above the cut line, Uh, And one that, you know, earlier in the season and especially last season just did not have the performance, but is someone that I think you could really argue that, yeah, he's, he's got the potential. He's fast. He knows how to handle a race car and his team has, has been giving him a fast race cars recently. So um, with uh, really good, and we'll, we'll talk more about him in a minute. And then Tyler Reddick, I, I saw a post on social media, I guess it was today or yesterday. That one guy was saying, man, he's really disappointed in, in Tyler Reddick. He expected more out of him and just thought that he just wasn't having the season that he should have been having and not as much success. I feel like he's done really well. Uh, he's He's got wins. He just won, what was that, last week at Kansas? So he, he's doing something right, and he's in. He's locked in. He, he locked himself into the round of 12. Um and uh, now he, he's got a lot of momentum. I, I think the team is, is able to give him a fast car, and he knows how to handle a race car and, and, and work it around. I heard uh, Corey LaJoy talk on his podcast, Stacking Pennies, uh, was talking about how he went and rewatched the green-white checker at Kansas, watching the move that Reddick made. And, and just the, the, you'd have to go and listen to the show, but basically he was just commending him for his, his skill. And the move that he made going into turn three, when he lifted in the middle of the turn and drifted up the track and didn't clobber the wall. And he was just basically saying that there's not too many guys that can do that. Uh, he just had the confidence in the car, confidence in his ability, and he went out there and he grabbed that win with a force, you know? So he, he's someone that I think uh, is, is in this contender picture for sure as far as who is the sleeper in the round of 12. So then... As I was thinking through and putting some notes down, trying to decide who is this sleeper, who who's the guy that would kind of rise to the top and be the one that that I will label, yes, this is the sleeper guy. I narrowed it down to two, and maybe the two obvious options that is is just the two guys I was just talking about, Tyler Reddick and Chris Busher. So then I went through, and I mar- I wrote down the next seven races. We got seven races left left this season: Texas, Talladega, and the Roval. We already talked about. Round of eight, we've got Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville, and then the championship race at Phoenix. So I wrote down those races, and then I wrote down their average finishes uh, for those racetracks. And uh, just wanted to compare and see, okay, what are their, statistically, what are their averages? And what we find is that Tyler Reddick is better than Chris Buescher at Texas, the Roval, Vegas, and Homestead. 
And then obviously Chris Buescher is better than Reddick at the others at Talladega, uh, Martinsville, and Phoenix. So, but the, all that to say, Tyler Reddick top, tops him a little bit um, as far as you know the number where he's he's better at. And and when you look at the finishing positions, uh, just looking at this, that Tyler Reddick's average finish at Texas is six point eight. Christopher Buescher's his average finish is twenty sixth. Talladega, Tyler Reddick's average finish is 22.3, but in the spring, he finished in 16th. Christopher Buescher, his average finish is 17.3, so better than Tyler Reddick, and on top of that, he finished third. At the Roval, they both have really good records. Tyler Reddick, his average finish is 7.3. Christopher Buescher, 9.7. Those are really good average finishes in general for any track, let alone the Roval, uh, you know, the, the road course and the technical one at that. At Vegas, Tyler Reddick average finishes 16th. He finished 15th in Vegas earlier this year. Christopher Buescher's average finishing position is right there next to Tyler Reddick at 16.6, and he finished 21st in the spring. At Homestead, Tyler Reddick beat Chris Buescher by about five positions on average. Reddick 13.7, and Christopher Buescher 18.3. And then, um, you know, just mediocre for Martinsville and Phoenix. You know, average for Tyler Reddick, average finish at Martinsville 20th. For average for Phoenix, 18th. And then Christopher Buescher, both averaging 18th position for Martinsville and Phoenix. The difference is, in the spring, when we went to Phoenix earlier this year, Tyler Reddick finished 3rd. Christopher Buescher finished 15th. So, just, I know that's a lot of numbers, but let's just round it up and say it this way. Tyler Reddick has a better averaging finishing position in more races in the, throughout the, the rest of the season than Christopher Buescher does. And not only does he have more uh, average finishes that are better, there's a bigger margin of, a, uh, of better, so to speak, than Christopher Buescher's. He's, he's got some really, really good numbers coming up. So looking at Tyler Reddick's statistics and how he's performed lately, excluding his recent win, he, he hasn't really been one that's been talked about or kind of been in the spotlight, but I think he's performed well. And when you look at the races that are coming up, four of the next seven races, they've already been to. So he's got some notes on it. He's got some history already just with the racing experience, but he's got, he's got history this season, right? And so he's, he, they've got notes that they can work on. They have a little bit of bet, more information to be able to make him better and if they make him much better at some of these tracks, he's he, he's going to win the race because it's not like he's going from 20th to 15th. He's going from third to second or first if he improves. So he, he's going in the right direction. And so all that to say, I think that my pick for the sleeper is Tyler Reddick. And when you look at the the statistics, if you do the research, he's he's got some solid finishes at two of the three races in both of the next rounds. You know, solid finish at Texas and the Roval. So this weekend's race, as well as the Roval, he's got really good averages. He's got good averages at uh, at Homestead. He's got he's got good aver- He doesn't have a good average at Phoenix, but he had a good average. Not a good average. He had a good finish earlier this year. So with the, just with all the things that he's got going for him statistically, as well as his finishes earlier this year and P three at Phoenix, um, you know, just. I I, th- I feel like how do you how do you not pick Tyler Reddick? Like I want to pick Chris Buescher because he's shown more promise lately uh, with the number of wins that he's had. I know Tyler Reddick just won, but 
uh, you've seen more consistency out of Chris Buescher, and you could potentially argue that he's the better pick as the sleeper because uh, just uh, he's shown to to be more consistent. He's he's shown to be closer to the front and to have the level head and to handle the pressure well. And I think Tyler Reddick can handle the pressure well. I just the performance wise hasn't been equal or better. I'm just looking at what's coming up. What what are the races that are that he has coming up in the future? over the next seven weeks and and which which guy performs better and ultimately i think tyler reddick has the better numbers so he's my pick as the sleeper for the round of 12 so does that mean that i think he's going to get in there i don't know yet i I think he could of all the drivers that have the potential to get into the final four and contend for a championship i think he's probably the one to maybe um unseat one of the four guys that are that are in the spotlight right now but um, I don't know that he will. I think I think he can. We'll just have to kind of get through some of these races and see what he's going to do. I mean, he's first of all this weekend he's got great numbers at Texas. We need to see how he's going to perform. Talladega is just you just never know. I mean, it's a super speedway. You you could get wrapped up. And by the way, his numbers aren't great at Talladega, not because he's a bad driver. I think just you know super speedway racing it's, it's, numbers aren't aren't great for a lot of drivers there. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're bad at that track. It maybe just caught it in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then going to the Roval, I think he's got a solid chance there. That That's a race that's in his hands, that he has the ability to control and to go and execute and hit his marks and race smart and, and, and outbreak somebody. That That's where he can perform as well if he's given a good car. And looking at road courses, you know, he, he won at Coda this year. Uh, he, he's really good at road courses. He's had solid finishes at road courses all season long. And so you, you ought to keep an eye on him as a contender for, co- or for the, the Roval, for sure. He just, he's got a solid chance of advancing into the round of eight. And then once he gets to the round of eight, I think a solid chance even more of getting into the final four. It's just a matter of are these, uh, these heavy hitters, are they going to make a mistake? Are they going to... Um, overdrive a corner, like like we saw with Martin Truex Jr. at Kansas. Are they going to blow a tire on lap four? Uh, is, is something going to happen? Is a, is one of their pit crew going to you know make a mistake? Going to jump over the wall too soon, or um, you know have an uncontrolled tire or something? Like is 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 a mistake going to knock them out, or is the performance going to knock them out? I don't know. Um, I just know that if Tyler Reddick does everything right, he has a solid chance of coming in here and upsetting this this playoff picture. And, and kicking someone out that probably should be there. So it's exciting to see. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens uh, this weekend and in the races to come for sure. So let's wrap up today's episode by talking about this weekend's race, the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. That's a mouthful to say and to get it right, but either way, that's the race that we got coming up at Texas Motor Speedway. It'll be this Sunday at 3.30 in the afternoon, 267 laps so what we've got to look forward to. What should you expect in this race? It's going to be hot. If you haven't seen the forecast yet, it's going to be a hot one. It already projected to be over 100 degrees. And I heard on um, Sirius XM Radio today, Larry McReynolds giving his, uh, his uh, Larry McNuggets uh, segment on the radio, just saying that you know track temperatures are probably going to be in the 130s. It's going to be crazy hot. Um, and so it's going to be hot. It's going to be slick. These drivers, as we said earlier, they're going to be looking for grip anywhere that they can find it. 
Um, the NASCAR officials have decided not to put down any kind of traction compound like PJ1 or something like that. But uh, I've heard some crew chiefs talking about how there's potentially some old PJ1 on the track still. So the question is, is that going to be slick? Is there going to be a little grip, a little bit of grip there? They don't know. And uh, so they're going to have to wait and see if that's something that's going to be a problem or not. You know, where they put that PJ1 in the past, is that someplace that they can run? Do they have to drive around it? They just don't know. But there's the potential, at least they're, they're anticipating that just maybe it's going to be a little bit slick there because there used to be the traction compound, but there's not anything there now. So they don't know. That's a potential, uh, you know, something that we'll have to keep an eye on and just see if drivers can run over it. I think it's probably not going to be a problem, but um, apparently they think it could be. And then looking at the forecast, not only is it forecasted to be hot, my, what I saw shows that there's a 62% chance of rain at that at this point. Now, obviously, that's that can change, but uh, as of right now, there's a chance that it could rain. So if it does, you know, it, it pushes the race back. Later in the evening, temperatures cool down, green racetrack. It, it really could flip things upside down for these race teams to try to figure out how to handle the car. But uh, even if not, it's, it's already going to be a handful enough with as hot as it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a good race to see which teams can adapt the best and can come out in with speed and then optimize on that. So hot and slick, uh, like I, I said earlier, uh, coming out of turn two, it gets flat really fast. And so um, I would expect at least one driver, if not more, to lose it coming out of turn two and just spin themselves around. Um, it turns three and four, a little bit steeper, so a little bit faster speeds. Uh, there's also the potential because turn one is flatter for, for cars to overdrive the, the corner and slide up into the wall if they're not careful. So th these are the kinds of things that these drivers have to deal with, and we'll see who can handle it the best. So who are my ones to watch for this weekend's race? We've got, based on recent races and based on the numbers, I've got four drivers that you can uh, keep an eye on just because in the past and statistically they've done well. First of all, top of the list, Kyle Larson. He's won there before. He's got a single top five, which is that win. And then he's got two top tens. You can also watch Ryan Blaney. He doesn't have any wins, but he's got two top fives and four top tens at Texas, meaning the four previous races, he's finished in the top 10 each time. So he knows how to get around Texas. And if his team can deliver him a hot, a hot rod, uh, there's a chance that maybe he wins his way into the round of eight. And then Tyler Reddick, he has a win here at Texas, as well as uh, another top five and three top tens. And then Brad Keselowski, no wins, but a, a top five and four top ten finishes. Like Blaney, he's, uh, he's had a really good uh, consistent runs here at Texas in the past. So Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, and Brad Keselowski, those four guys, according to the numbers, should do well this weekend. Um, but who are the storyline drivers? Who are the guys that you might want to keep your eye on? Not necessarily because they're going to be in, in contention to win the race. Maybe they will. But who are the guys that maybe might just be fun to see how they perform throughout the day? I, I, I tell you, I can't hardly take Carson Hosevar's name off of this list. He's racing the 42 car for Legacy Motor Club. Uh, since Noah Gregson uh, got thrown out of the car, basically. Um, he's just done so well in this car, right? He's performed well each and every week, and when you expect him to get, like, a 25th place finish, he comes out and he, he runs top five. Like, like at Bristol, he, 
he, he was doing so well, and he would have got a better finish, but his tire was loose. He had a loose wheel. That's the reason he was falling back at the towards the end of that race. It wasn't because the car was used up. It's because he had a loose wheel, and he drove that thing still. So, um, you know, he just he just does so well. He's been so impressive to watch on the on the track, and I think that um, I, I'm curious to see now how they do on an intermediate track. You know, Bristol, uh, the other racetracks that they've been to, is a little, di- little bit different flavor of a racetrack. So let's get to this hot, slick intermediate track of Texas Motor Speedway and see how the 42 car does. Also, too, Christopher Bell, he's five points abo- above the playoff cut line right now. Average finish of 15.3, but he's one that, you know, I don't know that he is necessarily going to point his way in to either the round of eight or the final four. Uh, I think he's going to, if he is going to point his way in, he's going to have to have some solid finishes, that's for sure. So uh, he, he's one that you might want to watch, and he's got uh, Interstate Batteries sponsor on the car this week, uh, that iconic green scheme. So uh, he'll be one that's fun to watch. And then another playoff driver, Chris Busher, just with the strength that he's had lately, you know, you got to watch this guy. Now here's reason why. His average finish here at Texas is 26th. Not a good average finish. But he's someone who's in the playoffs, and he's 10 points above the cut line. So is Texas going to be the place where he loses a lot of those position points? Or is he going to come out here, optimize uh, on his weekend, and run well and maintain those points, if not improve upon those points? Uh, he, he's one that you need to watch as well just to kind of see how this playoff picture works out for him. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to share and subscribe. It'd be a huge help. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the race at Texas. And I'll catch you at the next stage break.